Hey everyone, welcome to the Geek Awakens, where the talk is geekier than penciling in an appointment to watch Star Wars for the first time. Uh, I'm Mitch, and joining me tonight is Matt. Hello. Tabitha. Hello. And the penciler herself, Lydia. Hi. So, okay, so what, uh, what? Penciler? Yeah. I don't know. I had to just make it weird. That's Mitch. How is that weird? We're like 30 seconds in. You've already made it weird. The, how, is, how is it weird? I'm changing your name to the penciler. Nothing's better than Krista. I'm getting a second mug. I'm just like, you know, Aww. I told Pickett the same thing last week. You're like, you're, you're trying to make me get new and different mugs, aren't you? No. <laughs> yes. Yes. Can we just send those back and get them like added on? Can we just do what we did to the shame bell and put a label over it? I mean, they're officially in your possession now. You can do whatever you want with them. Perfect. So, all right. So, what's uh, what's the deal? Uh, first off, who's finally convinced you to watch Star Wars? Second of all, I think the most important question is what order are you watching them in? Well, I don't know that question, but uh, the one that is getting me to do it is the uh, guy that played opposite me in Andy Get Your Gun, Mike. Oh, yeah. Good guy. Oh. So, yeah. After... All of you guys, and I don't know how many countless other people have been like, you haven't seen Star Wars? He's like, hey, I've got spare time, and you need to see this, so come watch Star Wars. I'm like, Sweet, let's go. Why not? He's right. Yeah. So. so yeah, y'all can thank him about that. Good. Good. About time. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'll get some of our jokes now. I will. It'll be great. And people can quit picking on me as much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll figure. We'll find something else. <laughs> Don't worry. Well, it's, it's me. You're gonna find something to pick on. So if you like uh, finally being convinced to watch Star Wars, then be sure to subscribe to us pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, including iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Really like what you hear? Throw us some Skrilla on Patreon. What? <laughs> what now? Skrilla. It's a thing. At patreon.com slash the Geek Awakens podcast. <laughs> Any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at the Geek Awakens podcast at gmail.com. It's no, a thing. No. I have a concern. Why have we not fired him yet? Because we're in his house and I keep trying, but it's not working. <laughs> Try harder. Scarilla? <laughs> yes. And no, you can't send an email to him. That's not going to work. No. What? <laughs> I mean, Scarilla? Google it. It's a. It's. I'm it's, not sure I want to Google that. It's. A, I feel like you're. I feel like you're setting me up for failure. I'm gonna Google it. It's gonna be something real weird. <laughs> no. Okay. First off, I I can't keep that straight of a face during it. I I have a bad tell when it comes to, when with me doing practical jokes or whatever. You do. That's true. Lydia can't find it on Google. I think you're making things up. S K R I L L A. Skrilla. Country of origin. I'm assuming USA because we do stupid stuff like this. It has been on Urban Dictionary since 2004, so I will allow it, but not willingly. Yeah, what she said. As long as you allow it. Okay. <laughs> so, LodgeCon is only two weeks away, and like I was telling these guys off air, I spent like the last 48 hours thinking that LodgeCon was next weekend, and yeah. It's not. Nope. Mm-mm. 
So it's two weeks away. Um, among the uh, guests coming to LodgeCon this LodgeCon this year, not Com, uh, this year is El- the Illinois Storm Chasers. Uh, they bring weather information all across the state of Illinois. Uh, while they have a partnership with the NOAA slash NWS, they are not affiliated with either. Uh, you can find them online at IllinoisStormChasers.com or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash IllinoisStormChaser. LodgeCon will be February 8th and 9th, as I found out, uh, at the Will County Fair Atrium in Piatone, Illinois. Uh, we are going to start off tonight with a uh, gut reaction, and we're going to start with Matt and uh, some probable casting changes with The Simpsons. Maybe casting, maybe just elimination of a character. Um, so, Apu... For the Simpsons has come under fire over the last couple of years uh, after a 2017 documentary from a uh, comedian, Hari Kondabolu. I probably butchered that and I apologize. Um, but the he had a documentary that was called The Problem with Apu that looked at the um, character and the representation just kind of in general. And then recently, Hank Azaria, who has voiced the character the entire existence of the character in the series, uh, was talking to Slash Film, and he stated that while the future of the character is undecided, it's official that he will no longer be voicing that character. So they don't know, he doesn't know if the character will take on a lesser role, be written out entirely, but regardless of what happens, he is no longer voicing the character for him. For multiple reasons, um, his feelings with this documentary and such um, as the primary reason. So um, I'm going to say thumbs up to him for like basically his reasons behind it as the cultural significance um, and, you know, to kind of taking a stand on that. I think and I realize that I am not the person that gets to decide what is and isn't culturally offensive in this instance. But um, I feel like Apu as a character, I feel like while yes, he does fall into some common stereotypes that mm-hmm. are not you know the best, I feel like overall he is a very good representation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really hope that in this instance, um, this is leaning towards Hank stepping away from the role to allow somebody else to fill in yeah. um, so that the character is still there. So if that's the case, then definite thumbs up. Um, if they are going to completely write him out to where there's no representation, mm. then I mean, I, I still I understand it, but I think I'd probably move it more towards a thumb sideways at that point. Lydia, I'm kind of indifferent as far as the character goes. I don't watch Simpsons. I never really have, so I know who the character is, but I don't have relevance for him as far as like the show itself goes. I do appreciate the reasoning behind him wanting to step down from that though. So for that reason, I'll go thumbs up. But other than that, I don't really have an opinion. Um, I kind of agree with Lydia. My Simpsons knowledge is basically zero. I've never seen an episode. Um, But I do know that it is not a super diverse show. And I feel like this essentially eliminates their one, whether it's stereotypical or not one diverse character. So thumbs sideways. Um. Really? Never an episode of The Simpsons? Nope. Or Friends. I know. Fr- I have Friends, The Simpsons. No. Surprises me more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Never, never an episode of The Simpsons. What, par- what part of that show looks like my kind of humor? I don't know. <laughs> I, and that's your that's your rationale for Friends as well. Yeah. But I don't know. I just kind of I just kind of assumed that everybody has watched The Simpsons at least once. Mm-hmm. Okay. So sorry. Not willingly. <laughs> no. 
That's like me with two and a half men. I never voluntarily sat down for an episode of that. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so, Jennifer Aniston won a SAG Award for Female Actor in a Drama Series for uh, The Morning Show, which is on Apple TV? Apple Plus? Apple Apple Plus TV? Apple TV Plus? <laughs> Apple to the power of two? I, whatever. <laughs> um, but... In a uh, in a press conference or whatever afterwards, uh, she had a, a little soundbite sound bite that caught some attention. She said that uh, she always wanted to be Wonder Woman, but waited too long. I'd ha- I'm gonna have to give this a thumb sideways. Uh, I I understand where she's coming from. I mean, we you know if, if you ever you know been an actor in any way, shape, or form, there's always that one role that you've always wanted to play. But and again, this won't. Um, Makes sense to Tabitha, but like all I picture is Rachel Green being Wonder Woman. I'm like, that does not compute. So thumbs sideways, Lydia. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you on that. There's some people I just can't see as certain characters, and that is one of them. Like, I appreciate, oh, I, this was a dream thing, and I waited too long to pursue it. But I, you couldn't have pursued it if you wanted to. So thumbs sideways, Tabitha. I guess what's funny is the fact that Jennifer Aniston has looked exactly the same to me since like the 80s and her face hasn't changed and the woman doesn't have a wrinkle in sight. And I'm like, but why? Why can't you still be Wonder Woman? You look like you're 15. I don't get it, but whatever. Uh, I have no no opinion on what she wants to do. So I think she could, I don't care. I don't really like Jennifer Aniston. I've got beef with her. So my opinion is null and void. Does she steal Brad Pitt from you or something? <laughs> no, she can have Brad Pitt. He kind of, I, I also have beef with him. I don't really like Brad Pitt. <laughs> no. Is there anybody you don't have beef with? Yeah, there's a few. Okay. Like three. Okay, fair enough. On a good day. Maybe that's, maybe that's high. Yeah. <laughs> There's three of us at the table besides her, though. Is that, yeah. is, that, is that us, or...? You know Mitch is here, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, it's you two and Pickett. Oh, okay, got it. Anyway, sorry. Matt, go ahead. Um, yeah, I, I essentially just have to agree with Lydia on the point that like, there are just some actors and actresses that even if it is a, a, a wish role, something that they had always wanted to you know, pursue and perform... Uh, there's just certain, they, they just don't fit with who you would think would play said character. Um, so I'm just going to go thumb sideways as well. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So going from J Ann to K Gill, Karen Gillan, who has been in pretty much anything nerd related in the last few years mm-hmm. from Doctor Who, Avengers, uh, Jumanji, you know, um, she has, she had an interview with Brazil's omelette i'm i'm thinking um anyway so they asked her what other pop culture icon she would like to play and she said batgirl would be pretty cool yeah she's a redhead and then going on um they asked her if she if she could uh, direct any comic book movie she also would choose batgirl she said batgirl would be cool for that as well my favorite films in that world are dark and my favorite one is dark knight i just love the way that uh that was directed so much, so I would love to work in that kind of world as the director. Uh, yes, 1,000%. As much as we were just talking about Jennifer Aniston not being the t- right type of person to play Wonder Woman, Karen Gillan is completely the right type of person to play Batgirl. So 1,000% thumbs up. Give it to me right now. Even if this is not a serious conversation, she's just speculating. Mm-hmm. But yes, I need this. Lydia. Absolutely everything you just said. That would be amazing, and I want that in my life. Thumbs up. Tabitha. Yeah, I think she's definitely proven herself 
more than once in more than one kind of role. And I think Batgirl would be something she could definitely take on. So thumbs up. Matt. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Like she has been able to do such a wide breadth of things as far as, as acting goes. It's like with Jumanji, she's proven the action. Doctor Who, she proved, you know, in general, just the acting chops. Um, so her, she would be perfect for that role. So yes, thumbs up. Tabitha, let's go to Laura Olympus. Okay. So I literally <laughs> screamed when I saw this news. Um, the Jen Henson Company is teaming up with Netflix to develop a young adult animated series based on the webcomic Laura Olympus by Rachel Smythe. Um, I'm going to read you guys the official synopsis because for some reason I thought everyone knew about Laura Olympus because I've been following it for forever and evidently they don't because every time I talk about it, somebody looks at me like I'm crazy. So witness what the gods do after dark, the friendships and the lies, the gossip and the wild parties, and of course, forbidden love, because it turns out the gods aren't so different from us after all, especially when it comes to their problems. Stylish and immersive, this one is... This is one of mythology's greatest stories, the taking of Persephone, as it's never been told before. This is a fantastic web series. Um, I've seen it pop up a couple of times on Facebook and stuff, like with ads recently, and I'm assuming it's because of this. Um, there's great art. There's like dark, quippy humor. Just, if you're not reading this, you just really should be. Um, I think it's going to translate really, really well, and Netflix has proven time and time again that it can do basically anything. So I'm giving this a giant thumbs up. Matt. Yeah, I think the combination of Jim Henson, the Jim Henson Company, um, and Netflix, uh, with the sound of this story, um, is is just a fantastic match. So I think this is going to turn out awesome. So thumbs up. Yeah, um, I am one of those people that have never heard about this until you brought it up. But yes, this sounds really cool, really fun, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm all in. Thumbs up, Lydia. I only know about Laura Olympus because of the ads and stuff. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually sat down and read through it properly, but I want to because of the ads I've seen. Yeah. So that mixed with Jim Henson mixed with Netflix just sounds like a whole bunch of yes to me. So thumbs up. Yeah, you can find it on webtoons.com. Matt, let's talk about uh, some James Bond controversy. Yeah, so there's a little bit of controversy. And the internet kind of made this more um, than what it is after I went and researched and found the rest of the article for this. What? The inter- the internet makes things more than they actually are? Right. So in an, in an interview with Variety, Barbara Broccoli, who's been like the longtime producer for the James Bond series, commented that Bond, quote, can be of any color, but he is male. So that was the headline that spawned the, you know, the irate responses on, um, on the internet. Um, but it was because of a question in the interview about who would follow Daniel Craig as James Bond, because this is his last outing as Bond. Um, she continued in the interview, and this is the part that the Internet really didn't pick up on, uh, is she says that um, I'm not particularly interested in taking a male character and having a woman play it. I think women women are far more interesting than that. So. That right there at the end just is fantastic. It's a fantastic reason from her why we shouldn't have Jane Bond, but we should keep James Bond um, because I think she's right. Like as as much as any of us may love James Bond, he's a fairly one dimensional character. Mm -hmm. And the women in James Bond movies are typically not one dimensional. So uh, I have to give her a thumbs up when you go through and read that entire quote. Yeah. Um, thumbs up. I think that 
if there was something established with the character. I mean, James Bond, it's not like Doctor Who, where you can become a completely different person. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's never really been established that, you know, like, I I would be okay with maybe a female 007, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's like, but... With the James Bond, yes. I mean, there's nothing in that name that suggests otherwise. Right. So, yeah, thumbs up. Lydia? I agree with what both of you guys said. Thumbs up. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. Like, the, the female characters in the James Bond movies are always the, like, ones that you're watching. And, like, they're, like, the... You know, like they're the sleeper cell. Like you're like you're like not watching James because James Bond is going to do what James Bond always does. He's going to get out of it in the end. And something's going to blow up, and he's going to look cool doing it. Like it's <laughs> it's the it's the women that are like the like the sneaky characters that you weren't expecting to be so cool, and then they are. And I think if you replace like if you gender swap those two roles, I think you're going to lose that dynamic. And I just don't think it'd be fair. So thumbs up to her for making that decision. Um, Tabitha, let's play Monopoly. So, are you guys ready to feel super old? I mean, I uh, always do already. Uh, yeah, like super old, though. You're older than I already feel today? Correct, yes. Yeah. Um, Garbage Pail Kids came out 35 years ago. Oh! Yep, and in commemoration of Garbage Pail Kids, because evidently that's something we want to commemorate, um, we're getting a Garbage Pail Kids version of Monopoly. Um, we don't have any release date, but Monopoly just can't stop, won't stop with all of these like versions of things that they're doing. But on the plus side, what this article did remind me of is there's a Garbage Pail Kids movie, and I feel like we've really missed something on not being not doing this yet for guilty pleasure. Yeah, that thing that we do sometimes. We've got a whole year for it. I know. I'm thinking that we need to add Garbage Pail Kids. We do. But yeah. We do. We do. Um, I'm. Got this. <laughs> <laughs> Lydia, if you ever lose your notes in your phone, we're all going to be a mess. Um, <laughs> Like we're not already. Yeah, that's true. We're in more of a mess. Extra messy. <laughs> um, I'm giving this a thumbs down. Like, I did not enjoy Garbage Pail Kids when I was a kid. I just thought they were dirty and gross looking because it's who I am. Um, but, I mean, good job for Monopoly to keep monopolizing on all these things. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of hate myself for that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I deserved it. <laughs> I deserved that. You got a shame before I did. No, nope. she didn't. You had a shame uh, in the introduction when you said Scarilla. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but nice try. <laughs> Bad. Um, I'm giving this a thumbs down just on the reminder of how old I am. <laughs> thumbs up, whatever. Monopoly, you're going to make a version of your game for everything. I mean, in a couple years, there might even be a Geek Awakens Monopoly. I'd play that. Um, so whatever. Thumbs up. Lydia. <laughs> Just thinking about where the properties that you would buy if one of them is Mitch's house. <laughs> like, what's the one that's like immediately after go? That's like literally the cheapest. It's like Baltic. Yeah. Yeah. It's like fifty dollars. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, not to make y'all feel really old, but I didn't realize the Garbage Pail Kids came out like almost ten years before I was around. So, yeah. Out. Uh. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go get my walker. <laughs> Do you think you can take Grandma back to the home later, Lydia? It's all right, guys. I'll put you in a wheelchair at Lodgecon. It's fine. Thumbs sideways. We don't need this many weird versions of Monopoly. There's enough. Like, I have my supernatural version at home. That's all I need. Um, Matt, let's talk about Bounty Law. So, I have not actually seen Once, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but... Long story short, Leonardo DiCaprio plays an actor, Rich Dalton, who is in a series 
called Bounty Law, playing a character named Jake Cahill. Apparently, Quentin Tarantino has written five half-hour episodes of this imaginary, well, because, you know, he made it up, um, Bounty Law TV series. He is intent, after telling Deadline, that he is going to direct and do five episodes of this spin-off series. Um, at this point, there's no word on timeline or Leonardo DiCaprio's involvement or Brad Pitt. Um, but you know, Quentin Tarantino apparently isn't busy doing an R-rated Star Trek, so he's got time on his hands <laughs> to write five episodes of this series. Um, I haven't seen the movie, but I, I honestly don't know that we need something like this. I think it's kind of clever and cool, but meh, thumb sideways. Yeah. Um, it's a cool idea. Will I ever watch it? Probably not, but thumb sideways. Lydia. Honestly, you hurt my brain going through that many like layers. I know. To get to this show. (laughs) I mean, it's a cool idea, but yeah, I'm kind of indifferent because I have also never seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So, I mean, cool if you want to do it, but that's just way too many layers of crap to go through for me. So, thumbs sideways. Um, also thumb sideways. I just feel like Quentin Tarantino has like 50 ideas based on everything he's ever done. And he just keeps like, I don't know. Like, I feel like the inside of his brain is like an actual conversation with us. It's just like a bunch of things going in different directions. So probably nothing that will come to fruition, but thumb sideways if it does. Um, and Matt, we can probably eat some new Ben and Jerry's while we're watching this bounty law. We could, um, if we knew when this new Ben and Jerry's was going to be released, but we don't. Um, but well, Ben and Jerry's, I don't know where this show's going to be released. So right. there's that. So, there you go. Um, <laughs> so Ben and Jerry's is introducing another new flavor called Netflix and chilled. It is going to be a blend of peanut butter, ice cream, sweet and salty pretzel swirls and fudge brownies. So it's going to be sweet and salty for all of those sweet and salty wants. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> Fine until you point at it. <laughs> uh, the cool, the, one of the coolest things about this is that it's particular flavor is not just that it's ice cream. <laughs> there will be a non-dairy. I'll take that one. <laughs> Can I finish? <laughs> no. And Tabitha checked out. <laughs> So you say there's a non-dairy version? Uh, there's a non-dairy version. <laughs> we can't be trusted with an ice cream story. We can't be trusted with an ice cream story. What can we be trusted with? Nothing. Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not sure that I want to... Just keep going. <laughs> I, I don't know if I want to give my verdict on this one. <laughs> Uh, we'll just go thumbs up. Move on. Um, yes, the flavor profile <laughs> sounds wonderful. <laughs> thumbs up, Lydia. Sure, thumbs up. Dabba. I don't even know anymore. Thumbs. I got a thumb, and it's I don't know. <laughs> it's on your hand somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Stick it in the ice cream. Oh. <laughs> Why are you like this? 
<laughs> Hanging out with Mitch too much. <laughs> I have that effect on people. Um, Tabitha, let's try to compose ourselves and talk about Slaughterhouse-Five. Oh, God, okay. Um, so, Kurt Vonnegut's novel, Slaughterhouse-Five, is getting the graphic novel treatment from Boom Studios. The novel, published in the late 1960s, is a satirical look at World War II through an anti-war slash kind of time-traveling lens. Um, I don't really think anything lends itself better to a graphic novel than Slaughterhouse-Five. Um, it's dark, it's funny, it's harrowing, it's crude. Ryan North, who worked on The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, and Albert Montes and Richard Zaplana have headlined the project. There's a free preview that you can look at the art and read some of it on sci-fi.com. And the art looks absolutely incredible. Like this looks like it's just going to be amazing. Like every time they take one of the, like one of these like classic novels and they put it in graphic novel format, like part of me dies inside, but like this also looks super incredible. And I like that it's making it so accessible. And I sometimes feel like Slaughterhouse five gets lost in the shuffle with classic novels. So huge thumbs up for this. Matt. I'm going to give this a thumbs up because even though I read Slaughterhouse Five like as an adult, it wasn't the easiest book to really comprehend all of what was happening and going on. And I feel like a graphic format will make that easier to digest. Um, so thumbs up. Um, I'm really glad that the two uh, bookies in this group um have said that already because yeah when i remember reading slaughterhouse five in college um and enjoying it but at the same time like i'd be lost sometimes mm-hmm. yeah and i feel like this in a graphic novel format might help with that mm-hmm. um and i'm so yeah i'm totally ready for this thumbs up lydia i will admit i've never read slaughterhouse five but um Given what you guys have said, sounds like it might lend itself well to the graphic novel style. So I'm going to go thumbs up. All right. So the last one for um for guilt or not guilty pleasure. Gut reaction. <laughs> My R looks like a P. Um anyway. So um taboo of the black eyed peas, yes, that taboo is reviving Marvel Comics' Werewolf by uh, Werewolf by Night. It's about a young man named Jake who will be dealing with the effects of a family curse while trying to protect his people in Arizona. Uh, it's going to spin out of the Outlawed one-shot in March. He is going to be co-writing this with Benjamin Jackendoff and drawn by Scott Eaton. Uh, Taboo has said, We're going through a native lens because of my Native American heritage. I've always liked storytelling from a native perspective. Um... I'm giving this a thumbs up. I think, first off, that sounds awesome. I mean, I haven't read many, if any, comic books with, you know, a Native American background. Um, the the idea that, oh, it's, you know, taboo from Black Eyed Peas. Like, yeah, okay, that might be, you know, whatever. But um, I'm willing to give it a shot. So, Lydia. Uh, also, thumbs up. I don't feel like a lot of Native American culture gets a spotlight very often. So the fact that it might with this sounds like an awesome thing to me. Tabitha. Yeah, I'm also going thumbs up. Um, we don't get enough own voices work from Native Americans. We just don't. Um, also, if Kareem Abdul-Jabbar can write Sherlock Holmes novels, Taboo can do what he wants. So thumbs up. Yeah, you're right there. <laughs> I mean, at least he will be writing about something that's actually in his heritage. Right. I mean, like other hot topics in the book community. Um, so thumbs up. All right. So we have a couple of uh, couple things to review this week. The first one is coming out 
January 29th. It's from Magnetic Press. It's called Nils. And it's a uh, it's a story. It takes place in the future. Nils and his dad are sent out to discover why um, the ground is basically has become infertile. They're trying to figure out what they can do to reverse it or, you know, whatever. Um, but there is also, like you have with... You know, with some things, you have a uh, kingdom that is a little bit, a uh, little bit on the corrupt side, and so <laughs> they have. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so they have to try to overcome that. I know for me personally, I didn't get too far into this. Um, I wanted to. My brain was going in about a thousand different directions, and so it was like kind of like one of those things where it was like I would get like right to the point where like I was almost hooked, and then squirrel, <coughs> and then I go do something else, come back to it. Almost get hooked again. Squirrel! <laughs> so... Hey, Doug. Yeah. So, I know for me, what I have read, I really, really enjoyed. Um, there is the one like scene towards the beginning um, with the... Basically, they're called elementals. Mm-hmm. They're like these little... And they're so adorable! <laughs> they are. <laughs> um, they basically are the life force, mm-hmm. I guess. Um and so this is kind of like at the base of what's going on. I know, Tabitha and Matt, you guys got way farther than I did. So why don't you go ahead and tell us your thoughts? I really like this. Like, I'm probably, I think, a little less than 100 pages in. And I am anxious to go home and finish it. Like, that's my plan for the evening. I love a well-developed magic system, especially when, like, gods play into things. Mm-hmm. In graphic novels, mm-hmm. books, movies, anything. And... This is like super creative and just very different from pretty much anything I've ever read. You have like warring factions happening. You do have the perspective of the gods. You have this perspective of this, what I'm assuming is the chosen one happening, which is a little overplayed, but it's going to keep happening. And then you have this band of like crazy ferocious, like women warriors that are just amazing, like hanging out in the woods, trying to save everything. And all these stories intermingling together, I think are bringing this like somewhere really, really cool. Like I, I want to know what happens, so I want to go home and finish it. My only kind of complaint is that it does feel to, like it kind of jumps around a lot. Mm. Like you, you transition from <laughs> scene to scene and group to group a little quicker than I would like, where I've gotten confused a couple of times, but that's really my only gripe. Yeah, I think part of the reason for that confusion when switching groups is it because the color palette of this, while absolutely gorgeous and beautiful, some of the landscapes are just absolutely are phenomenal. Um, but the color scheme is all very similar, mm-hmm. whether it's group to group or like very large chunks of pages are, are you know, similar in color. Um, so I think that lends to that despite, you know, I mean, for what it is, I mean, they are beautiful scenes, even though that does cause a little bit of confusion. Um, it is, it's, it's really interesting. I love that you've got some background. Um, I, I think my only <clears throat> like thing is that there are a few moments where it seems a little wordy. Like, I feel like for a graphic novel, you could have said like what they say in a paragraph, you could have said in two sentences and would move things along just a little bit faster, a little bit better pace. Um, But I do love also the, um, the mythology that's kind of at the background of this and the, um, was it the Norse, mm-hmm. like the Norse kind of mythology, which I don't feel like gets a whole lot of attention. I mean, it's a very deep mythological system that doesn't get a whole lot of 
attention, whether it's, um, you know, in, in fiction or what have you. So I think that's a really cool addition to this. So I, too, am not done with it, but definitely looking forward to finishing it and seeing where this goes. So, like I said, that will come out on the 29th. So, uh, out yesterday is from Vault Comics, a uh, heist or how to steal the planet number three. Um, okay, cool. Um, so, um, basically with this one, um, so I guess in this case, you know, not, uh, not super spoily, <laughs> um, but yeah, so Glane and, uh, and his crew are finally like, they're getting this heist into motion and everything like that. Um, there are some bumps in the road. He's got some people after him, like from multiple different, uh, areas. <laughs> And there are also a group of lookalikes that are trying to kill him and his and his friends. I say friends very loosely, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So I know Matt, you got a chance to read it as well. Uh, I want your thoughts first. Yeah, I really enjoy this. Um, I like the I like the different characters that he has gathered and how they don't necessarily <clears throat> like each other. They don't really like him at all, um, but they all have the same end goal. So they're going to basically put up with each other to see if they can get this done. So uh, that that character dynamic, and now with this this other group that's kind of working against them, um, I, I I'm, I'm intrigued to see how this how this boils out. Yeah, and I really loved how the uh, this other group that you know, is working against him are the exact same people who at the end of issue two is like, Oh yeah, we need exactly these people. Yep. On our side. <laughs> Oops. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm loving this book. It's, it's definitely, it's, it's absurd at times. The, uh, like the leader of the, the crow faction or whatever mm-hmm. that is dressed like a metal, like he looked to me at first, like a metal, like Daffy duck or something like that. Gizmo duck. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. But um, yeah, I was just like, I had, like I fell in love with that character like the first time I saw him. I was like, this is so bizarre. I I love it. I want more of it. I want I want a series based on him. Um, but yeah, it's this book. It has a lot of really fun different character dynamics. Uh, you're absolutely right. These people they don't necessarily like each other, but they all dislike Glane. I think Glane also probably dislikes himself yeah. as well. Um, so, you know, he's got that in common with him. But, yeah, they all are, for different reasons, have the same goal, and I think that that's definitely helping them out. Mm. Um, I'm I'm excited to see where this goes. So I cannot wait for issue four. So one last um, comic story to talk about. Um, and, Matt, what's going on with Alien? So this was the this year was the what 40th anniversary of Alien. Ugh, that makes me feel old, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was re-released in theaters, and the Hollywood Reporter is found out that Dark Horse is preparing a series called Alien: The Original Screenplay. It is going to be based on the original script by Dan O'Bannon, which. Not very well known, I guess, is the fact that while this original screenplay was written by O'Bannon and Ronald Shusett, before it went to filming, it was heavily rewritten by the producer Walter Hill. 
including changing things like making Ripley a female. Huh. So there's some drastic changes between O'Bannon's original script and what we've seen and know and love on the, on the screen. This Dark Horse comic is going to be based off of the original screenplay before any of the edits and rewrites. Um, it is launching on April 22nd. Don't know exactly how many issues it's going to be um, or if it's going to be more of like a one shot kind of deal. But Alien is a classic. And to see a slightly different take, especially in like the comics format, I think is going to be awesome. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see people like, and I don't know how many alien fanboys there actually are, but like, I don't, it'd be interesting to see like the alien fanboys who are going to hate this graphic novel mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. either a, because it shows just how drastically different the movie was, good, bad, or indifferent, or B, don't realize that this was the original intent of yep. the movie, mm-hmm. you know? But I yep. don't know. It, it's, it's interesting. I like the I love the concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, Tabitha, I think you're not going to like the concept of the Hunger Games prequel. You guys, buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> None of our chairs have seatbelts. You, sh- you should fix that. <laughs> So my title for this is literally Snow Way, Snow Thanks. <laughs> That's actually at, pretty ap- appropriate for tonight yeah, as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just, you know, I like can, the weather. Can you start writing the segues? <laughs> no, I like Mitch's bad ones. <laughs> they bring me they bring me joy because I get to be ragey. <laughs> Speaking of being ragey. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, we finally got some details on that Hunger Games prequel novel, and it is not about Mag like we anticipated. It is, I'm just going to read my notes because I was real angry when I wrote these. Um, It is a mother effing President Snow backstory that's being touted as a redemption story. All capital letters. Stop trying to retcon your own work, Suzanne Collins. No one likes you. (laughs) Followed by, I am so salty. (laughs) Um, Some people are mad. And then you have some monsters who are already fan casting this as a movie, putting Adam Driver in the role of young President Snow. And I just can't, I don't want to look at his weird face. I don't want this to be a movie. I don't want it to be a book. I'm He's a villain. Like, he is a villain. And I know what she's going to do. She's going to do that thing where she makes them all soft and sweet and fluffy. And then he's... Something awful happens Yeah, to something him. awful is going to happen to him relationship-wise. And he's going to be like, oh, I'm so mad. Now I'm grumpy and I'm a villain. And she's going to snape him. And it's just going to... Rage. Rage. Um, <laughs> the excerpt that's been published online... Um, shows Snow was a mentor on the morning of the reaping for the 10th Hunger Games. His assignment ends up being a 12-year-old girl from District 12, because of course she is. That's where Katniss is from. So we don't really know anything else other than that, but she's going to make him swoony. She's going to make him, you know, have a love interest. It's going to go poorly. He's going to get mad, and then he's going to become the villain that we all hate to hate. I love to hate. I don't know. Hate to hate. I didn't want this when we didn't know what it was, and I definitely don't want it now. Like... I feel like she's trying to, I feel like she's trying to retcon her own work. I feel like she regrets the role she gave Snow, especially in today's political climate. It's a little too close to home. And I feel like she's trying to rationalize her decision. And I don't like that. I'm angry. We only need one JK Rowling. Right. Like, (laughs) stop it. And also stop trying to make, like, leave it alone. Like, you have enough money. Stop it. Stop it. Smack your hands. Stop it. Anyway, the book community, you have like a a divide. Like you have people who were like my age and older who were like, absolutely not. 
boycott this book. And then you have the people who are a little bit younger than me that are like freaking out. They're like, oh my God, this is going to be so good. There's no middle ground. There's no like, eh. There's either rage or swoon. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm on the rage side of the fence, obviously. It's where I always am. But right. Like, like, you don't, like, I don't want J.K. Rowling, which I'm surprised she hasn't done this, to go back and, like, rewrite, like, Snape's story from childhood. Like, I'm kind of waiting on her to throw that up on Pottermore or release it as, like, a mini book or something. Like, I'm just, nah, it's a thing I'm waiting for. <laughs> but Snape didn't get redeemed, and there's no redemption for President Snow. I don't care. No. Do you think that part of the reason that Snape became who he was was because he was... Uh, tricked by a uh, transgendered person, or probably if you're J.K. Rowling, don't give her the idea. God, probably. <laughs> Plot twist: <laughs> Lily was born male. <laughs> Does James know this? <laughs> yes, because he's accepting <laughs> and perfect and wonderful. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about Severus Snape. None of them are good. <laughs> We're, but I'm super angry about this snow thing. There's just been a lot of upset in the book community this week, and this is not the icing on the cake that I needed. This is the only snow you don't like. It's true. I love the snow outside. It's making me super happy. <laughs> <laughs> just no snow in the book. Correct. Yeah, because you get the book wet and then you ruin it. Oh, um, that also makes me mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in a uh, quick follow-up to something we talked about last week, um, <clears throat> Excuse me. So we talked about how uh, Legendary is adapting Brian K. Vaughn's Ex Machina. They're going to recall or rename it The Great Machine. Uh, Oscar Isaac is now attached to um, produce and star in it. So he's going to oh. play. He's going to play Mitchell Hundred. Um, Isaac has already starred. He was in the other Ex Machina. Oh, he was. Yes. Yeah. My head canon is that. <laughs> When he signed on for that movie, he thought that it was the <laughs> Brian K. Vaughn version. Oh. And by the time he realized, he was like, yeah, I'm already in it. <laughs> so when they said this, they're like, hey, like yeah. chasing after people down the street in Hollywood. Like, oh, I'm going to be part of this movie. Come back here. Exactly. <laughs> like, like grabbing on the side of yeah. the yeah. <laughs> This is what I really wanted. <sighs> like, I really like, and obviously, like, there's no way that this is true, but, like, I really, really want that to be true. I mean, I mean now I have that vision in my head of him running down Hollywood, like, Rodeo Drive. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, yeah, I'm, I was already on board for this, but, um, and also, like, I mean, I loved Isaac, or Oscar Isaac in that, you know, movie as well. <laughs> so it's like, I'm totally, I'm totally in for this. Um, Matt, what did Disney do to 20th Century Fox? So Disney is dropping the Fox name from logos. Um, 20th Century Fox and Fox Searchlight Pictures are becoming 20th Century Studios and Searchlight Pictures. So basically they're just getting rid of the Fox name. They're redoing the logos, so they're going to look essentially the same, just without the word Fox. They don't know how and when, if this is going to affect any of the TV stuff, uh, but it's going to be, at least for the movies. And like I said, the logos are basically going to remain the same. All of the things that would come out movie-wise under those banners are still going to be under those banners. They just won't say Fox anymore. Um, so there was some some speculation on the internet why, like, why if they're changing it. 
<clears throat> why don't they change it to like 21st century Fox instead of leaving it as 20th century? Um, but that company has been around, they said, for 85 years. Mm-hmm. And there's quite the backlog, like the catalog of films under that banner. Um, so, you know, to kind of honor that, but move forward, they're just removing the Fox name. Yeah. So, Which I'm not surprised at this Mm-mm. at all. No. Not really. Yeah. Tabitha, let's talk about Matilda. So uh, Tim mentioned and Dennis Kelly's musical Matilda is getting a film adaptation. Um, last week, a casting call was published online and it appears that rehearsals are going to start in June with filming running from August to December. Um, the project's going to be directed by the musical's original director, Matthew Waggis, and is being produced by Working Title Films. Matilda won or was nominated 12 times for a Tony. Like Whoa. this musical is fantastic. If you guys haven't listened to the soundtrack, you haven't watched any of it. It's just, it's wonderful. Um, it is obviously based on the Royal Doll book and the movie Matilda. Um, it's open on Broadway in 2013 and it's actually still running in London. So it's, it's a long time runner. Um, mostly I'm just kind of wondering if I'm too old to play Matilda because you're not too tall. At least. No, I'm not. I'm definitely not too tall. No, I just can't tell if I have enough, too many wrinkles to play Matilda, but I think I could pull it off. I think you got this. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think I can do it. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Just give me some bangs. I'll be all right. But yeah, uh, I'm I'm stoked. Like most of the time when these musical adaptations come out, I get very excited no matter what they are. Sometimes they fail me miserably and sometimes they impress me. I'm really hoping this impresses me because Tim mentioned did such a good job with this and with the lyrics and the songs are just so phenomenal. Like I don't see how it could go wrong. See, I wish I felt the same way because like I like the musical as as its own entity, but I have such an attachment to the original movie mm-hmm. that I want to keep those two things separate. Like I don't yeah. feel like it needs its own movie. Version, yeah. So I kind of wish that it was staying separate like that, but at the same time, I guess if you're going to do it, at least do it right. Yeah. So. That's my hope. Yeah. So uh, at the 2020 London toy fair, uh, Funko announced a new line of pop figures Based on dinosaurs. Yay! Mm-hmm. Like the 90s sitcom dinosaurs, not yes! just like dinosaurs. Yep. <laughs> so um, it's going to have all five members of the Sinclair family. Earl, Fran, Robbie, Charlene, and baby Sinclair. Yay! Yeah, super stoked about that. Uh, they also have announced uh, other television shows like Murder, She Wrote, Masters of the Universe, and X-Men, the animated series. Uh, we'll also... New uh, new pops from movies like uh, The Great Mouse Detective, Batman Returns, and Batman Forever. So, Batman Forever, you might get the bat nipples. <laughs> I hope so. Um, <laughs> they'd be as big as the eyes. Oh, my gosh. That, that, uh, might, be, that might be a little much. <laughs> <laughs> and then also uh, some new um, horror pops, like uh, from Killer Clowns from Outer Spice. Outer Spice. <laughs> Where are you from? <laughs> Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> See, I thought I was the one that just spent like three months talking in a southern accent. Yeah. <laughs> um, American Psycho and The Craft. So, yeah. The Craft ones look super cool. Like, I don't need them, but I want them. The, the list of ones that they released from the London Toy Fair is just absolutely insane. Like, it's a huge list. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, like I'm, I'm definitely excited for dinosaurs, but like also kind of excited about murder. She wrote. Yep. Like <laughs> I was never like a fan of murder. She wrote, but that was one of those shows. Like whenever I was at my grandmother's house, like we were watching murder. She wrote. If it, was on, you were watching. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was like that golden girls or wheel of fortune. And like my grandma, like we, we were good on like two out of three. <laughs> 
But then Murder, She Wrote came on. I was like, oh, okay, fine, whatever. You win this round. <laughs> you win this round. So, um, Matt, let's talk about the new Walking Dead spinoff. So we knew this. Yeah, we knew that this was coming. It's a second spinoff, third total series. But we have an official release date and some other information about this new series. Uh, it is entitled The Walking Dead World Beyond. It's based on some kids, essentially, that have grown up in this, like, during this zombie apocalypse. Like, they didn't know anything so apart. So basically Judas generation. Yeah, essentially. Um, it is going to premiere April 12th, immediately following the season finale of the main series. And it's going to run, you know, uh, it's going to take over the main series time slot after that, like moving forward. Um, but kind of the biggest news of this whole thing is that they have said it's only going to run for two seasons. So like the rest of these are very open-ended. This is going to have a very finite run. So I, I don't know if they think that that's going to help pull more viewers because it's not so open-ended. I don't know. I, they're just like, hey, this is all we got, so this is all you get. Get could be. Well, and I think another aspect of it, too, and I don't know that they are going this route because, you know, people in Hollywood don't always necessarily think about all these things. But this one is centered around kids, like mm-hmm. teenagers or whatever. Like kids that age like grow real quick so like especially like if this is a series that you know like if it's supposed to take place over let's say it only takes place the those whole two seasons over the course of a couple months some of those kids are going to look a lot older at the end than at the beginning true Mm -hmm. so if you're gonna have you know a show based around kids and a short amount of time frame and i don't really know how the walking dead works i mean does it work that way or does like time progress Mm -hmm. i know aside from like the time jumps that i know that we've had i mean there it, it's hard because there are sections of the show which are not even like one episode is a day, next episode is another day. Like there are some episodes, like multiple episodes, where it's all like, uh, uh, you know, a one day span. Mm-hmm. And there's some and then, episodes where you go over like an entire week. Exactly. So the, okay. yeah, the time jumps are iffy and sketchy and all over the place for that show. So okay. But yeah, so I mean, so if it's that kind of instance, like I understand why they're doing yeah. it, whether or not that's their intent. So, uh, Lydia, I know you've got a little bit of game news. A little bit. Um, so Square Enix announced a, a new Kingdom Hearts game. Uh, it's going to be a mobile game, so for iOS and Android. It is temporarily dubbed Project Xehanort. Um, it is set to launch sometime in spring of this year uh, with in-app purchases, which suggests that it might be free to play, but there's not really anything detailing it past that. Um, the only real thing that they released besides that was the tagline, why did he become the seeker of darkness? So obviously this game is going to be based around that character. Um, the only other thing besides that is Square Enix is also doing a campaign where they are allowing fans to guess the name of this upcoming game. Um, Kingdom Heart McKingdom Hearty Face. <laughs> can I have that? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> um, they're doing that campaign contest thing via Twitter um, with the hashtag KHNameContest, and that will run until the 28th of this month, and there are going to be 10 winners. There's not really any details about what they're winning, but it just says that whoever the winners are is going to win big. So, yeah. What was that hashtag again? Uh, hashtag KHNameContest. You know he's putting that on the tag, right? Okay. Well, I'm going to look first. 
to see if it's already a thing. I bet you it's already a thing. Anyway. <laughs> so is this, is this <laughs> the first mobile game for the Kingdom Hearts no, franchise? Oh, this okay. is the third or fourth, I think. Uh, there was one that was only ever released in Japan. And then there is um, another, which I still have on my phone, um, called... It started out as uh, Kingdom Hearts Unchained, and then it uh, became Kingdom Hearts Union Cross. So okay. It's, it's like the third oh, okay. mobile game for the series. Nice. So, All right, so speaking of video games, uh, so Joe Biden, who is currently running for uh, the Democratic nominee for president, um, has said uh let's see he uh, had an interview with the new york times and he was asked about silicon valley's expansion of power during uh the obama administration so biden said quote and you may recall the criticism i got for meeting with leaders in the le- meeting with the leaders in silicon valley when i was trying to work out an agreement dealing with them protecting intellectual intellectual property for artists in the united states of america and at one point one of the little creeps sitting around that table who is a multi close to a billionaire who told me he was an artist because he was able to come up with games to teach you how to kill people. Oh no, I lost it. So, uh, uh, yeah, I've been, I've, I have my notes on my phone and my phone likes to do this thing where it's like, Oh, Hey, you press, you put your finger like just the wrong, spot. just the wrong spot. We're at the beginning. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so Kotaku, is that the name of the website is thinking that, one of the people that might have said this quote was uh, EA's uh, then CEO John Riccatello. Mm. So, but yeah. So I don't know. Like I don't know what to think about this. Like because like the headline said that you know he was just calling video game developers creeps who make games to kill people or whatever. And I was like, okay, boomer. At that point, but like. <laughs> But reading that quote, it's like, okay, like now, kind of like we were talking about earlier with uh, James Bond, like once you put it into perspective, like mm-hmm. I kind of get it a little bit. I know that this is not the first time that Biden has said disparaging remarks about video games and the people who make mm-hmm. them and the people yeah. who play them. So I like, I'm not going to give him that much credit, but I do feel like this is one of those times where like, there's more to come mm-hmm. to it. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. And do you guys remember those games that were floating around there for a while that we, I think we talked about them on the show where it was like a school shooting or something like if they were in reference to those kind of games versus just like a, like a shooter game or whatever, like that's one thing. But like, if it's like a literal game, that's like, okay, little Bobby, if you want to kill mommy and daddy first, put on gloves. Like, I mean, that's the way that sounds. You know what I mean? Like, that's the way that comment sounds like I, I make games to teach you how to kill people. That's a little different than like modern warfare. Yeah, yeah. Right. What's interesting is I, earlier this month, I listened to a, an audio book called replay, which was the history of video games. Okay. And there was a pretty big section in the book that talked about basically starting with Mortal Kombat and the fatalities and the gruesomeness Mm -hmm. and like how violent that was um, and how that kind of spawned some of this stuff with the government trying to censor video games and whatever. Um, When they interviewed the creators of Mortal Kombat and they asked them about that level of violence in the games, they really didn't. They admitted that they didn't think about the level of violence. Their whole goal was to make sure that the testers that were like practicing or playing the game were having fun. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't like they weren't 
in it for like evil intentions. Not surprised. Right. Right. And like we've said multiple times in the past, like I feel like video games get such a bad rap when there are other medias that are just as, <clears throat> excuse me, just as if not more violent. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like don't, don't play uh call of duty, but go ahead and go see that new John wick movie. Um, <laughs> I think Mitch might hate John Wick more than I hate John Wick, and that brings me joy. (laughs) (laughs) So let's end today with a little bit of joy, and let's bring on the Baby Yoda news desk. Y'all, we have Baby Jabba the Hutt. (laughs) Because the internet exists. Um, So Leonardo Vitti, a character development artist in the UK, has created Baby Jabba the Hutt. Guys, I really just I hate how cute this stupid thing is. Um, he's no, cute. he's no baby Yoda, but he's cute in his own little slug-like way. Look at his little tongue. <laughs> <laughs> like he looks like the baby dinosaur from Dinosaurs. Like you, I don't know why you're mad. Like I'm waiting on him to be like not the mama. Like he looks just <laughs> like that. Thing. Twitter has gone like crazy, and of course people are either Team Baby Yoda or Team Baby Jabba. I am forever Team Baby Yoda because Baby Yoda, but. God. It's real cute. It's real cute. It ain't cute at all. I think it he's is cute. ugly. Look at his little belly. G L Y baby Java ain't got no alibi. He ugly. Hey, hey, he ugly. Wow. Sixth grade called. <laughs> it wants its playground bully back. <laughs> I think he's cute. I mean, he's no Baby Yoda. No, I mean, he's like thirty percent as cute as Baby Yoda, but he's still pretty cute. From this angle, um, upside down, black and white, I see the uh, the Baby Sinclair. But like, that is not what I saw when I saw it in full color. Like, mm 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 mm. mm. (laughs) I no, thank you. And maybe it's just because I don't like Jabba in general. So why would I like a baby version of Jabba? So. I just want a baby version of Pizza the Hut now. <laughs> oh, it's like a personal pan. Roll. Exactly. <laughs> I was thinking more along Mitch's line of personal pan pizza. <laughs> I'm still, yeah, I'm still a book. I'm still a book <laughs> kid at heart, but <laughs> it's really why I'm a reader. It's just they bribed me with pizza. I mean, <laughs> it's instilled in me now. Nice. Like, do you still get like a? Uh... You know, do you still reward yourself with pizza every now and then after I mean, I reading just, so many books? No, I just eat pizza all the time anyway, so it's not really a reward, but I don't eat Pizza Hut pizza, so. Pizza Hut pizza is fine for what it is. Is it? It is. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like if Pizza Hut pizza were the only pizza left on Earth is the only time I would purposely eat Pizza Hut pizza. That was really hard to say. <laughs> yeah. Like, if it was the only pizza available, I'd eat it. Tell but you what, though, their breadsticks, not, their breadsticks are where it's at. That's true. That's true. They got some good sauce for those two. <laughs> oh, mm-mm. You don't like the sauce? <laughs> there have also been, there have been a couple of times, well, first off. It's been a while since we talked about food. Okay, it's completely derailed from everything else to talk about food. We're back. Yeah. <laughs> um, New year, same us. <laughs> New decade, same, same us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like first off, those breadsticks are like magical just by themselves. Second of all, there have been a couple of times, like recently within like, in the last couple of years, where I have tried the sauce, and like it's been like I would get it, like delivery or whatever, because like 
real hungover Mitch, that's his go-to. <laughs> I order some Pizza Hut delivery, like, yeah, whatever. Um, but uh, the sauce is cold. Yeah. So, like, I am completely turned off from the sauce. God made microwaves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's Super. one literally right there. Super hungover Mitch. Can't operate appliances? <laughs> Doesn't want to. <laughs> like, I I can't even bring myself to make food or go get food. I have to have food brought to me. No, like no, I'm not I'm not warming up sauce. <laughs> That's where he draws the line. Yes. <laughs> anyway. I don't know that I've ever been too hungover to microwave something. Hungover Mitch is too drunk to be saucy. I'm oh! Also- <laughs> yeah. Too too sauced. Too sauced to be saucy. Yeah. Also, it's just the principle of the thing. It should come to me already warm. It should be hot already. You're wow. getting very upset about I this have, cold sauce. I have opinions. This is Express them. We're here for you. Apparently, like cold marinara sauce is my president snow. <laughs> Everyone has to have one. I get it. So um, to wrap up, I think we I think I know where everybody's at, but so that we're so it's on the record. Team Baby Yoda, Team Jabba, Tabitha Go. Is this a real question? A Team Baby Yoda forever. Lydia. Baby Yoda. I mean, y'all know where I'm at. Matt. Baby Yoda. Okay. Yeah. So. Baby Jabba didn't stand a chance against Baby Yoda. Like, if Baby Jabba would have come out first, I'd have been like, oh, now there's, and then Baby Yoda would have been like, okay, Baby Yoda, but. Uh. I don't know. Like, now, ooh. Kind of like tying in the last couple stories together. I want to play Mortal Kombat with Baby Yoda versus Baby Jabba. <laughs> oh, no. And rip out Baby Java's spine. <laughs> Does he have a spine? He is Maybe a slug. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like his anatomy doesn't lend itself to a spinal cord. <laughs> fine. Make him explode. I don't know. It's fine. Squish him. Yeah. Salt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Baby O just gets a giant salt shaker. Yes. <laughs> Then he comes like those slugs from the bugs, like, hey, I said no salt. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. Uh, be sure to follow us uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube to keep up with what's happening throughout the week. And be sure to let us know about any cool things we're missing out on. From all of us at The Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll be back next time. Everybody, say bye. Bye. bye.